Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbot. What up, what up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. What up, y'all? How we doing today? Today is a great day. We're going to be looking at running back prospects, rookie running backs headed to the NFL draft. So we put together our top five guys at the running back position. Going to be going through them uh, one by one and just kind of talking about um, the guys that we like. Um, Obviously, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. We're going to be covering these guys again once the NFL draft happens in 16 days, I believe. Uh, But for now, we're going to be covering kind of their college tape and what we think of them coming out of college. Uh, so it should be pretty cool. If you haven't already, check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, we post all of our shows there. Uh, try to interact with the community as much as we can when we're not working our full-time gigs. But um, anyways, if you're new to the show, the show is relatively new. We just started recording it this year, but we've all been playing fantasy football for many, 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 many years because um, we're becoming old hags now as we dip into our 30s time flies when you're winning championships yeah you could say that (laughs) (laughs) definitely winning championships but you know uh if you're not on the twitter and you enjoy the content we appreciate likes uh subscriptions to the show and also rating the show um yeah, you like that hand motion. <laughs> um, you got what your spirit fingers spirit going on Spirit fingers. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're feeling frisky, maybe a little five-star action there on the old rating uh, rating system. System, sure, that's a good word. <laughs> Algorithm, maybe? <laughs> we'll use that, too. Let's be real. It, take, it takes like five seconds of your time, man. If you if you mess with us, you like what we're doing, throw a rating out there, man. It helps, it helps us out in the long run, for sure. Much appreciated. Helps us, helps these uh, rookie podcasters out. Um, so, yeah, we, we appreciate the love, but we also appreciate you just listening to the show in general, right? So, um, hope you stick around. We'll be um, covering wide receivers next week, I believe. Probably throw tight ends in there, too, because there's really not that many of them. I don't know. I haven't really I talked mean, to you guys about that, but we'll see. We'll see what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just figuring it out on the fly. <laughs> oh, we got two weeks of the draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. So oh. that means we got two weeks of episodes to put in. So we'll probably do receivers and then tight ends. There's just not many tight ends. Right? That's not what I'm done with them, dude. <laughs> uh, just be reaching in pretty deep there to cover a whole episode of tight ends. But I don't know. We'll figure it out. If you're looking for quarterbacks, we already did quarterbacks. That's uh, last week's episode, so go check that out. Uh, today is running backs, and there's some pretty good candidates, I think, in this class. Um, you know, Obviously, it all depends on where they go and the situations they're put in for immediate fantasy relevance, but... There's some there's some pretty good players at the running back position I think uh, in this year's class. Unlike the quarterback class was a little dull to to talk about, um, but the running back should be a little bit more fun. Oh, definitely. Also, a lot of not a lot, but some familiar last names, which I thought was pretty cool. Yes, yes. Another cook, <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> another yes. cook, another spiller, though. Another yeah. spiller. Hey. Well, uh. Let's get into it, right? That's all for the, all the... Let's get it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get rid of the formalities, dive in. Let's dive right on in. So, um, number one on the list, we'll start at the very top. Um, I think Brees Hall, Brees Hall was our unanimous number one. I believe yeah. we all had him number one. Yep. Five foot eleven, two hundred seventeen pounds, ran the 40 in 4.39 seconds, um, coming out of Iowa State. 253 carries last year, 1,472 yards, 302 receiving, 20 touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns, and zero fumbles on his career. That's actually the one thing that you'll see with most of these guys. Zero fumbles in their entire career. Can't fumble the ball, man. That's that's great. Like Honestly, that's that can be rare in college, but like that's huge. Ball security is, you know, 
It's what gets you benched, especially if you play for the Patriots. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Indeedy. Isn't Man. that Chris Carson's biggest drawback was ball security in the like, no. towards the beginning of his career? No. So like Chris Carson was kind of weird. He uh, not this season, but the season before, he lost like four fumbles. He had never lost a fumble in his entire career, college or pro. Then the, that one year, he lost like four fumbles in the matter of like only a few games. No one knew what the hell was going on. Eating too much popcorn, probably that year. It'll happen. <laughs> what does that mean? Butterfingers. Butterfingers? Oh, okay. Damn, dude. Wow, dude. Yeah, that was a reach. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, Brees Hall. Fun fact, his cousin is Roger Craig. If you're unfamiliar with old Craig, he... Uh, I'm old Craig. <laughs> <laughs> you doing not, running in these here fields? <laughs> not that Craig, but Roger Craig was the uh, 49ers legend who in 1984 Five became the first back in pro football history to gain a thousand yards both rushing and receiving in the same season. His stepfather is also Jeff Smith, who played at Nebraska and also played for the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. So a little fun fact there on Brees. Football's Hall. in his blood. It's it's within his genes, his genetics, his blood. He um and I do you want to talk about Brees Hall first, one of you guys, or what? Yeah, I guess I'll I'll go first with the uh, the point from from Dre there. I was literally mid drink. I'm like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta hand uh, this off. Honestly, I think Brees Hall is probably on most people's rankings the the number one back. Um, I'm sure you'll find a couple that have Kenny Walker there. Probably the 101 overall, right? Yeah, for all dynasty rookie drafts. Yeah, I mean it ten- depends a little bit on where he, he ends up being drafted to, but I think that's kind of where where he's at. I think he has the I think he's the most complete back in this draft. Uh, he has like kind of the perfect combo of size, speed, agility. Um, plus, he's a very instinctive runner. Some of these guys um, kind of have to see the hole and then hit it. Where like yep. Hall feels the hole open up and hits it before it's fully open. He's got great anticipation. Yeah, exactly. And plus, he catches the ball outside um, out of the backfield. Great, also. Um, there's a couple drawbacks that I've seen from him. One is kind of silly. Um, I would say he's almost too explosive. There's times where he jukes and he literally takes himself off balance. You know, he kind of trips over his own feet by being trying to do too much. Um, the other one I see from him, or not from him really, it's more the amount of workload he had in college. Right. Um, he had uh, uh, over 700 carries in college. It's 200, almost 200 more carries than the next closest guy we have on our rankings, which was Isaiah Spiller. That's a whole, almost a whole season for a lot of college running backs. So. It's a big workload to be coming to the NFL with. Yes, it is. Yeah, a lot of wear and tear um, on the body already, which isn't good for running backs. You know, short short shelf life, as we know in the NFL, typically. Um, but a great prospect, none the least. Like he proved he can he could play the position at the next level. Oh, for sure. Um, his final game against TCU ran the ball eighteen times for two hundred and forty-two yards. Um, Five carries. That's, that's okay. <laughs> five carries of fifteen or plus yards, and three rushing touchdowns. He finished his NCAA career with five rushing touchdowns of seventy-five or more yards. Um, for me, it was the patience, the vision, like you're talking about, the power and the sudden acceleration that um, kind of puts um, Hall at the number one spot for me. Um, he really can create at all three levels, uh, which is great because for me, he didn't have that top end burner speed. Like he's not going to typically run away from guys at the next level. I don't think. I mean, he still ran it like a four, three, nine. Sure. So. <laughs> he still ran a four, three, nine, but there was some film where, you know, he's getting caught from behind by, you know, college defenders. And, um, I just think that's going to be a challenge for him at the next level, but Keeps his feet moving forward, uh, no matter what. Finishes every, uh, finishes every run strong. A couple of weaknesses for me were he just he averaged just two point eight three yards after contact per carry last season. That's a bit of a concern, um, and his pass blocking wasn't great either. But that's a common trait we're seeing out of all the backs in this class, and pass blocking can be improved by NFL coaching. Most rookie running backs are pretty terrible lacking yeah. in pass blocking. It's just not something that's focused on in college for whatever reason. Uh but he'll, he'll get that fixed in in at the next level. 
Yeah, him, he seems number two with this class as far as like pass blocking and pass receiving experience, if that makes sense. It's it's not horrible, but as you said, the landscape's pretty scarce for rookie running backs having that kind of experience. Seems like he's behind Damian Pierce, which really is like not a bad company to be in. Like Damian Pierce is probably the best pass blocking running back, I would say. Um the I, Alabama <clears throat> running back, um, I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Um Anyways, continue your thought. Oh, basically, I was saying, like, out of, like, this group of guys that I have, maybe not the best in the class, but out of the guys that I have, you know, he's up there with Damian Pierce as far as, like, uh, that ability for me. Obviously, there's more to be learned for him, but I, mean, I agree with what you guys said. He's the most polished running back. He's the one I can see going into, like, an NFL team and stepping in and... Like a day one starter. Yeah, day one for starter. Sure. Yeah. can definitely be a three-down guy. And I saw the same thing you guys saw. Great anticipation. He's got great vision and patience. and He's got a, a nice next level gear to take off on people. I mean, everything I was watching about his film, I was like, this guy can definitely be an NFL starter day one. I know you're talking about his yards after contact and things like that, but I mean, 2.83 is really not bad. Yards after yeah. contact, you know? It's uh, smaller than some of these other guys uh, as far as an average, but again, um, he has all the abilities to, to be a really a, a workhorse at the next level i think it's interesting looking at some draft mock drafts and again you have to take these with a grain of salt because who knows what's really going to happen really in the draft but um like this mock draft um from sportingnews.com i'm seeing him go uh pick 55 to the arizona cardinals um another one an, an, a lot of them i'm seeing him go to the houston texans at like 37 I'm seeing him attached to the Bills a lot in the second round also. Yeah, the Bills, which the Bills I would like a lot. Um, I think a lot of people would. The thing is, though, like with this, the way running backs have been phased out of the NFL in terms because they know you can basically get a running back almost anywhere. Yeah. Teams just aren't really putting in number one picks for him any longer. And so. No, you don't have to. Yeah. Right? I mean, and there's a few, obviously. I mean, there's some guys. That were absolute, were absolute studs coming out well, of college. Yeah, like that you Saquon or something like that. Yeah, and Saquon, or... Zeke, Najee, even last year, he showed like why yeah. he was a first round pick. Um, but this year, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the first running back off the board isn't until the mid second round. Right. I was surprised you guys were saying that. Like when you were saying, "Oh, uh, Brees Hall projected to go 55, being like an RB one." Yeah. That's crazy. That that's like barely skating into the second round. That's the bottom of the second round right there. Yeah, he'll probably go earlier than that, but. Some interesting landing spots, anyways. I mean, that would muddy things up for James Conner <laughs> quite a bit, um, who is, you know, basically at the backfield to himself right now. Yeah. But there's I mean, there's no way. There's no way that lasts. Yeah. I would think that Arizona looks to bring someone they're, else they're to, gonna have for to. competition. He can't be there by himself. Like, he'll. But for fantasy guys, that'd be a fucking blessing. <laughs> Hell yeah. Please don't add well, anybody Buffalo, else. Well, Buffalo would be. Awesome, because I think he could just take over that backfield, yeah, like from day one, and be the guy. So, and I think that's what they need too in Buffalo. They need someone to dominate that backfield, and you know, rotate the other guys in. All right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go off our mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Walker, uh, I think probably consensus number two. Uh, anyways, let's talk about Kenneth Walker. Michigan State the running, third the third <laughs> excuse me uh Michigan State running back five foot nine two hundred and eleven pounds um what do you have two hundred sixty three carries um one thousand six hundred and thirty six yards eighteen touchdowns also zero fumbles on his career so Tyler I think you're the highest on Kenneth Walker on your list uh, I think Trey and I both have him at two but oh yep you're right. What do you guys think? Is there, I'll start it off because mine's pretty quick, I I would say. But um, I think his career is pretty interesting. When he was at Wake Forest, kind of stuck in a committee approach. And I know Irby's going to touch on this here in a second, but apparently he has some good film from Wake Forest. I honestly did not watch it. But uh, he transferred to Michigan State and started flourishing. And from looking at his tape, I, I thought he was a very shifty speed back. And he seems to be like unanimously viewed, unanimously viewed as one of the best pure rushers in this class. But from watching the film, I didn't see much pass blocking or receiving. But that obviously, that's probably up to the guys putting the film together. I'll be honest; I'm just watching YouTube highlights. What else can I do? I I didn't see very much coming out of there. 
but um I, I like what I saw. He's very fast. He seems kind of like almost like a one-cut guy. He just uh, can see where he's going, cuts, and then he takes off very fast. I'm just uh, worried about his pass blocking and receiving ability and also his power running. Just like, like I said, just from the film that I watched, there wasn't much, very, very many examples of him being in those roles or running through multiple defenders. He seemed to be dealing with huge, um, huge holes often and taking advantage of it. So I I'm a little up in the air about him, but I really like what I did see. Yeah, um, I, you definitely brought up the the biggest question marks on for him. Um, he basically was never used in the passing game, and his pass blocking is lacking to say the least. Um, he tends to try to throw a shoulder into his into the blocking assignments instead of squaring up and you know hitting him you know right in the chest. Right. Uh, he he has issues that way. He also has issues um reading where the blitz is coming from so he'll actually miss the the block that you know destroys his quarterback. So and again, I mean as we mentioned with Brees Hall even like rookie most rookie running backs lack in this department as it is. So like he'll get better with it. Um it's something they never usually have to do in high school cuz they're usually their teams are just well, it's because they're the best player on the, on the team. Yeah, yeah, they're getting the ball every time, so they get to the next level, and it's something that's completely new to them. And it takes time, you know, to, to yeah. Be a I mean, good honestly, pass most blocker. most of these guys they end up like, especially in high school. If you look at their like, their career average and shit, they're averaging like ten yards a carry. <laughs> yeah. Like it's stupid. Yeah, so, five hundred carries in a year. Or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but honestly, when I look at what as he is as a runner, I actually like him as a runner more than Brees Hall. Um, but he doesn't have all the tools Brees Hall does ha- right. have. So Brees Hall, you know, comes to the backfield and blocks better. Um, but I like the way Kenny Walker runs the ball. He's has very quick feet. Um, and I think, he, uh, like as Trey kind of mentioned, that he developed that at Wake Forest. Wake Forest had a pretty shitty offensive line, to you know, put it nicely. Um, and so it made it so like he would get, um, you know, defenders in his face almost immediately when he got the ball, which helped him develop very quick feet to bounce it, you know, turn. Uh, play that was probably a negative play into a game-changing play you know possibly he's he has that kind of ability which is great um and yeah, he doesn't break a ton of tackles but i do like the way he likes to finish runs he likes to, he seeks out punishment at the end of runs he he'll put his shoulder down and go into something he might not necessarily break that tackle but he's not being pushed backwards he's at least falling forward i like that from what you were saying it kind of reminds me of a four-year-old virgin when he's talking about like oh you got to run through a bunch of hood rats <laughs> and so when the time comes you're ready and like you know wake forest was like his hood rat days you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're dealing with all this bs and now you know how to deal with it then he went to michigan state way bigger conference yeah and <laughs> found it, a girl he likes yeah and he's like oh put I put a ring on that yeah yeah when i put a ring on it he just piped it down right you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, damn. anyways all righty uh <laughs> Yeah, no. Kenny- I'm the only father. I'm I'm not piping nothing down. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in 2021, no FBS back had more runs of 15 plus yards than Walker's 30. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Say that again. In 2021, no FBS back had more runs of 15 plus yards than Walker's 30. So he had 30 runs of 15 plus. Yeah, and that was the most. Oh man, that's a lot. That's a lot. So it shows his game-breaking ability, playmaking ability, um, and you know I'm not going to go on too long. You you basically said everything that I have: great vision, speed, ability to explode through gaps, and limited power and pass blocking is basically his weaknesses right now. But um, definitely a, a good prospect to be interesting to see where he ends up. Likely a second round draft pick um, maybe back into the second round but definitely some potential there uh let's move on to uh damian pierce damian pierce this guy i like 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 a lot he's a country boy (laughs) i like it a lot he's a country boy that runs angry um like Literally with bad intentions, he runs the ball with bad intentions, and and I like that um, a lot out of a running back. He's five foot ten, two hundred eighteen pounds, um, four point five nine forty yard dash. He only had double digit carries twice last season, and that was after the coach Mullins uh, was fired. Mullins, for whatever reason, was stuck on this 
running back by committee approach, even though Pierce, um, I think, clearly was their best running back. Um, he made play after play when given the opportunity. On his 100 carries last season, Pierce forced 39 missed tackles and averaged 3.65 yards after contact. 365 of his 574 yards came after the first hit. Um, so his strengths, to me, he's uh, he can deal with contact. He's really good at you know uh, breaking tackles um, and and keeping his feet uh, trucking. Um, Just keep trucking, baby. He, he's like w- when defenders were hitting him, he would bounce off the contact and actually use that as leverage to further accelerate downfield. So, uh, you know, I really enjoyed his film. There was some really good runs against Georgia, uh, which was a re- the best defense in college football last year. He only had nine carries for whatever reason when they played against him. Um, but he had some really, out of those nine carries, you know, almost half of them were really good runs. So, yeah, I, I, I really like Damian Pierce a lot. Actually, I have him as my number two right now. He also showed a lot of... Um, ability to catch the ball through the air downfield um not just you know in the flats but um they would send him up the middle of the field and and make he would make plays in the passing game uh down the middle of the field so i really like damian pierce i think he has all the tools to succeed at the next level and i really think um his um outlook right now in terms of the media and and the hype and all that has been limited by his limited carries throughout college. Um, but that also means he's a fresher body, doesn't have as much wear and tear. Um, kind of reminded me of like a Marshawn Lynch type of guy that can also catch the ball. Now, Marshawn's a high-end comp because um, we know he's a legend. But um, still, I, I think there's comparisons to be made there. What about this comparison? Um, it's not full on for me, but I get hints of Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, a little underrated, but very solid in like a, almost every aspect of his game. Yeah. And, um, the, the Raiders got great value for Josh Jacobs at the time with the running back, um, market at that time. And I think Damon Pierce, for me, that's the biggest reason he reminds me of Josh Jacobs is he, he seems like he's going to be a great value. Because everyone knows what he is, but nothing's extremely flashy about it. So they're gonna they might get, they might shy away from getting him. But once you get him, you have a solid all around running back. And while you were talking, I don't know if Irby noticed, but I readjusted my rankings. I put Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce. He was at four originally for me. You convinced me. I put him up to three. <laughs> there you go, baby. I had to. I had Selling to. it. I had to because you sold me on it, man. All those stats, I was loving it. I was loving those stats, man. Like what I saw from him, he, he's got great vision and he's a strong runner with that shorter, stocky build. And honestly, I'm a fan of that shorter, stocky build in the NFL right now. Like, I, I obviously the Derrick Henrys, you know, that those guys are going to be awesome. But you know, the guys that are around like five ten, five eleven, two twenty ish. And if you have a solid skill set, you got a spot in the NFL if you know how to do things right. And it seems like that how that's how he is. You know, he has sneaky speed. It's not really like an extra gear, I would call it. Right. But when he gets in the open, it's definitely surprising to see like him kick to the next level. It's not like gonna blow your mind and be like, okay, it's definitely worthy. You know, it's it's good enough for sure. And his hands and pass blocking experience, extremely valuable. And I, I'm pretty sure you brought it up. But his biggest drawback is the lack of experience. Yeah. But what was Josh Jacobs biggest drawback you know being in that committee at alabama for all those years right but what what did that allow josh jacobs to come into the nfl fresh yeah and that's and that might be you know his biggest drawback turned into his biggest advantage coming in the nfl knowing all of these things um alabama and florida playing similar skill levels with defenses so i I mean I, i really like damian pierce i have weirdly high hopes for him yeah yeah i mean i would say that I mean, Josh Jacobs did show a lot more tools on tape and that's why he was a first round pick where Damian Pierce generally isn't is considered a third or a fourth round pick in most drafts so oh, that's why I said hints just hints yeah, just right, hints right, you that's, know. Fair. that's fair honestly um I'm the only one I didn't have him ranked my top five he's just outside of it at six for me personally um 
I just he, he's out of all the guys that, we, that we're going to talk about tonight, today. He's probably the slowest out of all of them. I know, like he doesn't have home run speed really, um, and that's where where my biggest worries. But the dude's a baller. Like he comes out, he plays. I mean. He plays every down like it's his last, which is great. Yeah. Um, and also, he what a great quote. I, I haven't seen this until just now. Is like reading over a couple things while you guys were talking about him. And so he was asked um, by a reporter why he was playing in the Gators Bowl game, even though he knew they were going to draft and he had a senior bowl invite already coming too, right? He, they already had that, the invite in hand. He said, why? Because I'm a Gator, bro. <laughs> you see, that's... That's the mentality. I yeah. watched a couple of his interviews too, and like that's the mentality I love out of Damian Pierce. Like he, he is through and through a football player. Like he, he is a team guy. He's a football player. He's gonna go out there and bust his ass every single day for you, and you know that a hundred percent. Like he's gonna give every single run, everything he's got. Like it's his last. Like his, it's his last run. Like you just said, man. Like, and I love that in a running back. Absolutely love it. And his ability to catch the ball through the air, like, really surprised me. Going back and watching the tape, I was like, this guy, he can catch everything. Like, he's he's really good <laughs> at catching the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how he's used in the NFL and where he goes and how soon he gets an opportunity. But I really like the tape. I really like his personality as well. I think, um, I think that's a lot of times, like, discredited when people are, you know, scouting these rookies it's like but is he like a football guy you know what i mean like a lot of these guys have god-given talent and you know they're pushed into play this game as from a kid and growing up and a lot of the times they don't actually really love football right they're just good at it they're just really good there's freak athletes um i think he's a guy that just loves football yeah and honestly that's kind of where going back a week to when we did our quarterbacks that's one reason why i was so high on desmond ritter yeah, yeah. You know, I got the same vibe where like he was just like football is what he loves. Like he'll he do wants. anything it takes. Exactly. He's yeah. always trying to improve his game, and that's what it sets guys apart. Totally. Yeah. Well, since we're talking comparisons here, uh, with the the Damian Pierce, you mind saying that quote again? Why? Because I'm a Gator, bro. <laughs> so when you said that, it reminded me of Marshawn Lynch. That's what I'm saying. That's why I get those Marshawn Lynch vibes from him. Like some of the inter- he sounds like Big Crit when he's talking. <laughs> I swear. Okay, now I gotta listen to some videos. Seriously, listen to the videos. I'm like, just gonna add him to my like playlist. Like he's, I mean, he's from the South or whatever. Like you know, he's got that accent, but um, he's, he's on that country shit. He's on that country shit. He's just a he's a baller, dude. Like through and through. I don't know what Mullins didn't like about him. I don't. I'm not sure why he was. You know. Um, not given as much opportunity that I think he's deserved, but whatever. That might have been a personal thing. Who knows? Like, I, I think he's got the tools and he's got the mentality to really be successful at the next level. I'm liking what I'm hearing. You guys are convincing me on some guys, man, for sure. It's kind of funny. Like, so I'm the only one who didn't have him ranked um, in my top five. The guy I had him replaced with, who I had at three, just to throw it out there real quick, is Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. And there's so much that we're talking about Damian Pierce that you can say the same thing about Williams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, then dive into it, man. Let us know. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'll yeah we can talk about if it. If I'm the only one who had him ranked, why not, right? So I had him at number three. Um, and honestly, the reason being is because like he has that fiery passion. He plays just with so much emotion. He was a captain at Notre Dame, which... Some people don't believe that could be a big deal. I think it is. That means like your like your team rallies behind you. They look to you for when you know they they want inspiration, whatever it is. And he, but then he would he was a fiery leader in terms of, like he was the one giving the pregame speeches. But you also saw in the field like it happened both ways. He wasn't just you know a guy who so many guys like oh I let my let my place you know do my speaking for him. He's like he did it on the field and off the field, which is huge for me. But the biggest reason why I had him above Damian Pierce is because. Kyron Williams is probably the actually for what I saw he's the best pass blocking back in this group, um, and it's not close. He actually he diagnoses blitzes like quarterback does like can like it's in, it's incredible. Plus, Notre Dame used them all over the field when he actually came to Notre Dame. He was a, he's a wide receiver, so they moved him to running back. He plays from the slot outside. They had him all, all all over the field. He just has so much versatility. I could not you know downgrade that by any means he just you can put him anywhere you want and plus the way he runs ball too like he runs hard and he's not the fastest guy not the shiftiest guy 
But when I when I see him play, it kind of reminds me of Frank Gore a little bit. Yeah. Where a type of guy who not the fastest, not gonna, you know, not Barry Sanders out there chasing around, but is just consistently productive. Game after game, play after play, you know exactly where you're gonna get from him. And you know, that did pretty well for Frank Gore. He's the third all time leading rusher in the NFL. It's interesting that you bring up Frank Gore being uh the comparison because I, I was almost thinking Frank Gore as a comparison for Brees Hall. And if we're talking Frank Gore as kind of like the ceiling for this class of running backs, it's no disrespect to Frank Gore at all. That kind of lets you know where we're at with this running back class, if that makes sense. Like solid guys, nothing incredibly explosive. Uh, we're not talking like league winners, but guys that will produce, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and Frank Gore is a little different coming out of college because he had multiple knee injuries and People were worried about yeah if he could you know make it in the NFL in terms of health wise, and he proved that because he had very few injuries in it while he was in the league. Um, but yeah, I think that's not bad. it's just somebody who's like they're just gonna be consistent. Um, it's it's hard to say that anyone's gonna be a superstar out of this. I mean, I think and there were years where Frank Gore was an absolutely like a top three back in the NFL. Uh, it wasn't a lot, but his longevity was insane. I'm not sure if you guys will be able to replicate that at all, but. Yeah, I think guys who can produce, you know, week in, week out for you, that's what you're looking for. Uh, I talk about it all the time, man. If you're consistent, I love you. I don't want them boomer bust guys. I'm a consistency guy. So, yeah, I'm with that. All right, let's move on to uh, Spiller, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, I think we all had Cook ahead of him, actually. Oh. Uh, all right. You want to do Cook first? Yeah, I think we all have Cook rated higher. All right, James Cook. Can I start this one off? Yeah, five foot eleven, hundred ninety nine pounds, four point four two forty yard dash. What do you think about him, Trey? Oh, one ninety nine. That's interesting. I got one ninety out of whatever I was looking at. It's weird how those extra nine pounds kind of matter. So, <laughs> I'll just be honest. If this guy had twenty extra pounds, he'd probably be my number one. Just from what I was looking at on the film, and with him being in Georgia, they're in the SEC, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So playing against high level competition all the time. I really liked his film. He's very shifty, strong running back. He's not afraid of you know getting down and dirty, lowering his head for extra yards. His receiving gains very polished. But like I said, his biggest drawback is his size. 5'11", 199, according to whatever you read. I had 190 on mine. Either way, the guy's below 200 pounds. But hopefully, in a solid NFL regiment, this guy can be valuable in the long run. He's yeah. very intriguing to me, like in a dynasty format. I don't really see him doing much this year because of his lack of size, but I, out of this guy, he's my favorite film that I watched out of these group of guys that we're talking about. His film was so fun to watch. I really like what he does. I mean, besides Brees Hall, he's the only other person that really stood out to me as a true three-down back. But, you know, like I said, I'll say for the third time, it's, it's, his undersize is really going to hold him back. But, you know, give him a year in a solid NFL training regiment, I know he's at Georgia, which is probably top notch training. <laughs> yeah. But we're not talking NFL, you know? Like this is going like from like an Ivy League to like actually Harvard, you know, like really going top notch. And if he gets a year under his belt, puts like fifteen extra pounds on him, this guy can really be a beast. I could see that, honestly. Um I mean James Hook is Dalvin Cook's little brother. And I think he's like the little brother in almost every way. He runs so much like Dalvin Cook, just doesn't do any of it as good as Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And, like, it's literally, like, little brother, like, little Dalvin Cook is the best way of putting it. Um, Like, he has the same one-cut ability. He has, you know, similar breakaway speed. Um, The biggest thing with him being slightly undersized is that when it comes to, to contact and physicality, even though he does like to, you know, try to, you know, run guys over at the end of the, end of the thing, end of plays... He does get taken down relatively easily in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, if he ever is trying to run up the middle, he can get really held back um, with just slight you know bumps and stuff like that. He does not like he doesn't break a ton of arm. His tackles. contact balance is not great. Yeah, he doesn't break a lot of arm tackles, uh, which is something you have to do in the NFL. Um, so, but I think, but I, I think he has a chance to be a very good running back once I think, like Trey says, he gets into an NFL weight room and he can put on ten to fifteen pounds of muscle, and you're going to see a different a different guy here. Yeah, I agree. I think initially you could definitely see him being kind of a third down role type back, receiving back. The receiving game part of his game, he did well at Georgia. He yeah. was utilized in that 
um, realm a lot. Um, kind of reminded me like a high end comp. It would be like an Austin Eckler type um, that could really you know be effective in the passing game. Um, shifty guy, um, not huge, not a big guy, but um, still effective, and yeah. I think could definitely. I mean, be, granted, Austin Eckler's pure muzzle, but yeah, Austin <laughs> Eckler's a, a you know he's a different breed, but. But still, that is in the realm of, I think, possibilities for James Cook. Um, Again, it's a high-end comp. Um, But that's kind of like the vibe that I got. Like, if everything went right, like, that would kind of be his role. I mean, Austin Eckler was a committee guy for, what, the first four or five years of his career? And then started to separate, so. I almost, like, can guarantee James Cook will be in some sort of committee, and he will be the receiving third-down option in that committee. Depending on where he goes, of course, but I could definitely see a team utilizing him in that fashion. Kind of a fun fact, though, here on 113 carries in 2021, Cook forced 25 missed tackles and had 10 runs of 15 plus yards. Yeah, get shifty as hell, like yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of Austin Eckler, when he was drafted, uh, I might be looking at the wrong thing, but Austin Eckler's. Apparently, either right now, 5'9", 199 pounds, or when he was drafted, 199 pounds. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about a very similar build here, and if anything, yeah. this guy's a little bit taller. Yeah. Honestly, I like the the shorter the running back, in my opinion, the better. I, I just like the shorter yeah. guys. I mean, honestly, I think I, w- I think Cook is probably 190. He looks like a slimmer build than 200 pounds. I mean, I know 10 pounds is a, a ton of weight, but like when you can see that on an on an athlete's body, it's a big difference. Oh, for sure. I trust the site that I went to more than James's site. <laughs> and I don't my, know. Mine said 190. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw 190 myself, so what yeah. a second, Trey. I, I wanted to ask you guys this, though, um, mostly towards Big Irby here, since you're like the, the big college guy on the on the podcast. If Zamir White didn't get injured last year, do you think this guy would even be a name right now? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question to bring yeah. to light because Zamir White is another guy I was looking at pretty hard for this list. Like, he had some some potential for sure. Yeah, um, you know that's it's hard to say. Um, I think he would probably still be considered one of the top guys because he shows the tools available. Um, and even if, even though he would have been limited in college, like it was kind of it would have been a sim- similar situation as Josh Jacobs. If you want to come up, you know go to the kind of that route. Some guy who didn't get a ton of work in college, you know, if White still played the whole season. But he shows tools that you just can't deny. Yeah. So they're undeniable, as Trey likes to say. <laughs> That's going to be a big word this year. <laughs> I'm telling you, keep an eye out for the undeniables. So, honestly, I think we should just have, like, a weekly, like, undeniable list on who's going <laughs> to... Like, these are the guys are going to go off this week, guaranteed by Trey. Uh, we definitely are. Uh, really, for us, come on, man. Yeah. I, I guess it's really my thing, but there's some guys really are undeniable. Yeah, so, that's I fair. Mean, you just gotta... So, but I don't know. I mean, I think James Cook shows the tools that he would still be considered. And it's, maybe he wouldn't be in the top five, but, you know, top eight for sure still, I th- would believe. Yeah, I saw some list as I was going through my research that had Zamir White in their, like, top five prospects. Yeah. And I, so, and I, I'll be honest too. I saw a couple lists that were way down on James Cook. They had him like nine oh or yeah. ten right now. Yeah, and I think that's crazy personally. But well, let's be real. Like, like we just talked about Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler went undrafted. Right. Like it, it's so hard to predict these kind of things. Like all you can really do is look at the film, look at the stats, and just kind of try to deduce: is, is this guy even capable? That's yeah. what I was doing. Look at the film. Like, are, are these guys are these guys capable if they get a starting, you know, chance in any offense? to really produce and man I, I had a question for you guys and i honestly forgot it like i was gonna say oh i was gonna say like, give a little background on zamir white for people who don't know about zamir white on georgia because at this point he's been off the off the radar for about a year right so i mean zamir white basically had a stranglehold on georgia's backfield blew his knee out yeah horrible knee injury so but at the time he was on the fast track to being one of the best running backs in college um, in high school, he tore his ACL. Um, he was, uh, he's from North Carolina, tore his ACL in high school and, North Carolina. and <laughs> had another torn ACL in 2018, uh, 2019, he recovered with 408 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns on 78 carries 2020. 
Uh, he had 779 rushing yards, scored 11 touchdowns on 144 carries. And then in 2021, uh, he tallied up 856 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns on 160 carries. So, and he also caught 17 passes for 130 yards. Um, so he's really, you know, since high school, he's been kind of recovering from the two ACL tears and slowly year after year getting more and more work. Um, honestly, he's, you know, he, I think he's a contact runner. Like he, I think my current pro comp for him right now, and it's not even a high income, just who I think he matches up the best with that I see in the, in the NFL right now, is Alexander Matheson from, from Minnesota. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Guy who doesn't have a lot of lateral quickness, but has great, you know, downhill quickness and seeks out contact and like and really likes to punish people. Yeah, he's definitely like a patient runner, kind of waits for his blocks and then attacks once he sees the hole. Doesn't have, you know, crazy acceleration, but um, he's got, you know, a explosive kind of power component. I mean, he ran a 4-4 four, four at six foot two fifteen, which is pretty damn good. That's Yeah, that's very good for that on size. On his third cartilage, yeah, apparently. On his third knee. That, so, that, that's the reason I brought it up, though, just because we were talking about James Cook. Mark, right? And the only like, reason James Cook is exists on this list is because Zemir White got injured. Yeah, and, that, and you know, that's a good point, and, but, you know. When you get when you get your chance, you know you gotta put a stranglehold yeah. on that, right? Like you never know when you're when you're gonna get the opportunity to do that. And you know, I know you brought up Austin Eckler just real quick to go back. I looked up him being undrafted. He did go to Western Colorado. Yeah, he's he went to a very small school, <laughs> so not a whole lot of guys put eyes on him. Maybe yeah. it would have been different if he went to a larger school, but you know, uh, Cook at least went to Georgia and won a national championship. He had quite a bit of spotlight on him. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, Isaiah Spiller, the last guy we'll talk about um, in this class, six foot, two hundred seventeen pounds. Uh, in three seasons with the Aggies, Spiller had forty five runs of fifteen plus yards on five hundred thirty nine carries. For me, um, you know, he has really good gap vision, uh, uh, cut quickness. <laughs> that was a tough one. <laughs> Um and Cut really this. explosion out of the gate. Um, great quickness and lateral agility. He'll juke you out of your shoes. Um, and he showed the ability to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays in the passing game, which is always um a great uptick for fantasy purposes. Um, he did lack a little bit of anticipation and patience on my um when I was watching tape um, at times, it seemed like he tried to bounce runs outside and he did so into too, traffic. Yeah. Too quickly, too quickly. He he wasn't patient enough. He didn't anticipate the whole opening up. He just tried to make something happen, you know, right away and, and bounce outside. And a lot of times um, didn't work out. So that was kind of the biggest downside for me for Spiller, but that's something that can be worked on um, definitely at the next level. Um, so, I think all in all, a really good prospect, uh, especially for fantasy. Yeah, I, honestly, I think Spiller is going to be. <clears throat> I'm comparing him to James. I had James Cook at four, and I and Spiller at five. And the only reason for that, I is because I think James Cook, his long term outlook is going to be better than Spiller. But Spiller is going to be a more immediate player for you, and probably more than likely have a better early part of his of his career. I can well, see that. Only because I think James Cook will develop more, and James Cook has a much bigger uh, big play threat. Uh, Isaiah Spiller is not the fastest guy in, on this list. He doesn't have great you know, downfield speed, but as James mentioned, he's super elusive, um, almost too much so sometimes where he tends to rely on it a little bit too much. Trying to do too much, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because there's, there's times where like he's trying so hard to juke someone out instead of just making the right play, and so then he'll, he'll be – juking somebody out and then just get tackled instead of like just lower your shoulder go yeah. through them get to the finish the play yeah. you know yeah i pretty much agree with everything you said what i saw from him looking at the tape is out of this group of guys we're talking about he has the most impressive pass catching ability um just from his tape and i know he ran a four six forty, but his game speed is fine 
if that makes sense. Like he, yeah. I, I thought, I thought he was moving totally fine. There was nothing concerning to me about like his speed. That's the thing that bothers me with forty times. It's like there's so much stock put into forty times, and it's like that. Well, honestly, I get I, it. But... I think that's mostly media though. Like actual evaluators right. don't put a ton of of look at that, and you shouldn't because football speed is different mm-hmm. than track speed. Yeah. Dude, hey, anyone bring, who's played football knows that. <laughs> let me bring back to history time, okay? One of the first books I ever read was Jerry Rice's autobiography. Oh, and shit. yeah, and this is when I was like eight years old. Ran, or, you know, wrote a book report on it or whatever. And one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was how um, he wasn't viewed as a fast person due to like his combine stats because he had a, right. a, a he slower had a combine, combine or whatever, right? Yeah. But as we all know now, you know, the best of all time. It's been damn near 20 years, still the best of all time. I mean, it, your, your 40 time, it, it's basically what you guys are saying. It's borderline meaningless. It comes down to game speed. When the pads are on, you got a helmet on, you know, like we all know this. You might have someone that you played catch with, like playing football with growing up, real good hands. We throw a helmet on his ass. It's real hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It changes, changes it changes everything as <laughs> yeah. far as catching the ball. Like when you throw all the pads on and everything, it changes everything as far as like, yeah, you're fast, but can you be fast on a football field? And with Isaiah Spiller, I have no concern about that. Yeah, that's a fair point. Hey, real quick, since you brought it up, you know, that was one of the first books you read, History Test. Remember what I what uh college you went to? Oh. oh god jerry rice <laughs> and actually funny oddly enough it wasn't that long ago that i actually said it because we were talking about cooper cup yeah and i mentioned i mentioned it back then mississippi valley there it is let's hey. go wow. hey reaching back into the memory yeah. i got an a plus on that book report <laughs> <laughs> shout out uh, to I agree mr skalstad <laughs> I think the 40 time is not worth looking at. I think Isaiah Spiller has plenty of speed on the football field to be effective at the next level. Yeah, I wasn't saying he wouldn't be like he has enough speed. It's just I I've, I saw multiple tapes where he would get, you know, caught caught from behind. Which, you know, he's a little bit taller for a running back, you know, yeah. so that might be it. Um but his elusiveness was it's top notch off the charts. See, when we're looking at tape, though, this is the kind of thing that like really bothers me. Is um, especially when you look at a highlight video. A lot of times, I'm looking at these guys' highlight videos, and their team's already up by 20 points. It's the third quarter, and it's just like I I don't care what this guy's about to do. The other team is already defeated, probably gassed. It might be their yeah. second, third stringers. Like I, I'm not interested in that like highlight film. You know, tip of the trade. I like to watch every snap videos, so they show every single snap that they were in the game. Um, it's just kind of nice to get like a feel for how they were involved throughout the entire game. See, it probably helps. I'm looking at these highlight videos and I'm just like, okay, you know, these guys are playing Mississippi State. Highlight videos, (laughs) you know, you're just going to get every good play. It's good to see, um, the plays where it's necessarily not a good play. Um, I will say this. I think a very good, uh, comp for Isaiah Spiller into the NFL right now is Chris Carson. Yeah. Who now, one because they actually had the same uh, flaw coming out of college, and Chris Carson kind of changed it while he was in college of being like relying too much on elusiveness instead of like, hey, you're a big back, like you know, run yeah, through somebody, put a shoulder down. And they said that to Chris Carson when he was at Oklahoma State, and he did his senior year, and like that's why he he was even drafted because um, they're like, dude, you're like 225 pounds, yeah. go run somebody the fuck over. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets then he gets drafted. And he's been a you know a very good NFL back since then, where he shows that he can juke you out your shoes, but also run you over if need be. Right, and I think Isaiah Spiller will be in the same boat once he learns to be like, hey, you don't need you don't need to juke him out of his shoes right now. Like, yeah. go make that first down. Go yeah. you know bulldoze it into the end zone. Yeah. Go fight for those extra yards and quit trying to, you know, take everything to the house because it's not always there. You're not playing Madden. But right. before we move on, though, I mean, obviously, Irby, I'm going to refer back to you because you're a college guy. But we're talking about Texas A&M, which is traditionally a very, um, they're they're they, they air it out, right? Um, not since Jimbo Fisher's been there. Yeah. Uh, that was previously when back when you know the Johnny Menzel era. Jimbo was, Fisher came from yeah. Florida State. He's been there for. Three years now, maybe three or four, but he's always run a pretty professional uh, pro system. So Jimbo Fisher was the coach at Florida State when Jameis Winston was there. 
So if you think back to that time, it's a it's a much more professional pro style offense. Right. Interesting, and that's why I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> totally depends on personnel as well, you know. Uh, but that'll do it, I think. Right, unless there's anyone else honorable mentions you want to bring up. Nope, that's it. Well, no, no Eastern Washington running back. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, there's no Taiwan Walker on this one. <laughs> Taiwan Jones. Jones, Jones respect on his name. You know, oh, sorry. off the show. Hold, hold on, hold on. Get him out of hey, here. Hey, my B. Get him out I, of my house. Baseball just started. <laughs> Taiwan Walker was a Mariners pitcher. I just saw him on the uh, running board at ESPN. The first yeah. rule of this you know podcast. Yeah. I'm making the rule right now. We <laughs> the do rule not, that wasn't made. We do not no, talk baseball. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't disrespect Taiwan Jones, but... Half our listeners just fell asleep, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the end of the episode, right? They're waiting for the next pitch. It took five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Should be five innings, no, no doubt about it. But um, anyways, that'll do it for this show here. We will touch on these running backs um, you know, once they're actually drafted and we know where they're going again after the draft. Next week, talking about wide receivers and possibly like one or two tight ends. So, <laughs> probably like five. If Definitely it's me. receivers. Um, I can't help it. I love tight ends. <laughs> receivers are going to be the most fun, I think, of all these episodes because it's yeah. so deep. And I feel like we say that every year. And I'm not sure we're going to have, you know, um, uh, Jamar Chase or or Justin Jefferson Maybe. this year. Maybe I mean, there's some guys. So so much of that relies on where they end up at, you know. So I'm not sure we're gonna have one of those, but Green Bay. Yeah, we wait for like for Burks or I swear or to God, Dotson. if the Packers do not draft a wide receiver in the first round, I'm done, dude. Well, I'm dude, turning in my stock, the, 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 my I'm shares. Returning <laughs> I'm returning it. You're you mean share? And I'm selling share it one off. Share. And you know what? I'm out, dude. I'm out of the ownership. Hey, I game. think after the Devonte Adams trade, it's depreciated. I think you're gonna lose money on that. Probably, dude. Probably, but still got Raj. So hey, trade on perks. It's not too late to hop on the Raiders bandwagon. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I'll be honest. It is too late. If I if I see motherfuckers <laughs> wearing Raiders stuff that weren't wearing it before, I'm gonna call you out. Yeah, <laughs> that's scary. Um, anyways, that'll yeah, do it for this, this episode. So, thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, like, subscribe the show, rate <laughs> if you're feeling ratey. Um, five stars would be appreciated, but. Is it stars? How do they do it? Yeah, it's stars. Okay, five stars would be cool. Have you ever been on the internet before? Uh, nope, dude. Um, I'm getting old. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what's the internet? Yeah, what the fuck is the, the internet? Fuck <laughs> <is> the internet? <laughs> All right, we love you guys. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week to talk wide receivers. Later. <laughs>